Welcome again. Not really sure where this episode is going to go. I'm going to start off on a little bit of a story time, tell you where things are at. Uh, and, and it's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild right now. And I've tied a couple ideas together. The thing is, one thing that occurred to me is that a lot of the ideas that I like to think about and I like to talk about are great in theory when push comes to shove and things I, I guess you could say the shit hits the fan it becomes very hard to put these into practice either because it feels disingenuous or um, maybe you're too upset to think about things because it, it's, for example, it's easy to say, oh, you should have a positive outlook. But when you're going through a horrendous time, it's like that just basically comes across as somebody not understanding the gravity of the situation. Or I, we, I think we have that tendency to feel, you know, you don't understand me. And the advice giver, even when that advice giver is coming from ourselves sometimes, the advice giver doesn't understand our struggle. Um, so, with that in mind, the last couple days for me have been very torrential. And I'm not using that word uh, arbitrarily. It's it's actually Hurricane Teddy is hitting us here on the East Coast. I, I I don't know. I love that name, Hurricane Teddy. I think I love it so much because I just finished writing a book called Time Again, and it's uh, it, it's a satire. It's all about you know um, the the space time continuum getting infected by a virus. You know, it's it's very much a um, a statement on a satirical kind of com statement on the times we live in and the silliness and these kinds of things. And one of the main characters is named Teddy, so um, so I guess that made me giggle a little bit. That's neither here nor there. It's not really my point anyway. But uh, so yeah, Hurricane Teddy is is hitting us. Um, I just got out of the gym where. <laughs> For the last half hour of my workout, there was no power. Uh, I couldn't shower there. Uh, it was very bizarre, very bizarre working out in a gym with no lights, just kind of ambient light from from the windows and uh, no music on the radio. Uh, just, you know, sounds of clanging weights and heavy breathing and things. Uh, it, was, it was very, very odd. Um... So in the midst of, of this, I got, um, the, the company I work for made an announcement yesterday. We've, they, they've managed to sort of model through the whole COVID um, situation without much casualties, I guess is the appropriate word. Uh, yesterday, they made an announcement that they will be releasing 200 people. I was not among those 200 people, but I still, I still feel a lot of things. 
I feel anxious. I feel dreadful. Uh, I'm, I'm a union representative within my company, so to see, to know there were some people that I couldn't protect, even though that's what we're paid to do, uh, it hurts. It makes me feel <clears throat> impotent in a way that I, I couldn't do what, what my job was to do. Now, these people, they weren't in my region, or most of them weren't even in my bargaining unit, uh, my union, but that being said, I still feel this remorse is the closest word I can come come up with to describe it. I mean, I can't imagine, like, the, well, I can't imagine, that's the trouble. I can't imagine what these individuals are going through and, and suddenly it's like, what are you going to do? How are you going to feed your family, you know? And I know that it's not entirely... It's not the company's fault. Like they've they've been doing as much as they can to try to avoid this. They've cut salaries at at the uh, highest tier of of their their management string. In fact, they've weeded out a lot of the managers. They've gotten people off the payroll through through other means via retirements and things like that. It was something like fourteen percent of the of the staff were lost through this so far. That's part of the nervousness is that we there's no end in sight and it's funny because it's such a volatile time, right? And I say this because even the the people at the high end of the company they were blaming things like the um, well they blamed the United States. Um, for their well according to their words they put economics above managing the virus um which is basically a, a line right out of CNN so they're they're towing a certain political line which seems to me like not really appropriate to do um it, if you think you're in the position to criticize anyone who's been managing this uh, situation, I think you're delusional. Um, it's a, something that no one in our lifetimes have dealt with, and everybody's trying to figure it out, trying to cause the least impact possible. And let's be real: the reason that we are, in, I, my company is in this position now, is because the economics weren't taken care of, because they weren't prioritized high enough. You might argue that. Um, because they simply don't have the money to keep losing money on on with this costs they had. Um, but again, I'm I'm not going to sit here and say I know the answer. I don't think anyone does, and that's the problem. And it, it's a horrific situation. It's an unreal world we live in. Um, even though things appear to be starting to get back to normal, this is a wake up call that they're not. Um, the streets are a little bit more um, filled with people, unlike how they were, you know, a few months ago where you could drive through the main stretch of a town and it was eerily empty. So all this to say it's an uncomfortable time. Now, uh, while I was finishing up, uh, after my 
weight training, which was uh, it was back and, and rear delts and triceps today. After this, I, I hopped on the elliptical because, um, well, I, just to finish off my workout and did some cardio. Um, I start. I, I went back to the book Tools, which I've been talking about a lot in this podcast. Wouldn't you know it? How weird is this? The exact thing they were talking about is trying to get through difficult times in your life. And again, it comes across as... It's hard to accept. When you're actually going through a very difficult time, it's very hard to accept someone else's feel-good opinion on it. But I tried to kind of try to be humble enough to take in the message. I admit that it, I don't think it fully got through. But what, because the, what they were talking about was grateful flow, right? And it's funny because I had this conversation with my wife yesterday. I said, I should be feeling grateful right now. Grateful that I still have a job. I should be feeling grateful that the impact wasn't worse than what it is. But I don't feel that. I feel gutted. I feel like I've been punched in the gut. I feel that... I feel a little bit betrayed. Not that I even know who to direct that betrayal at. Like I say, I know the company has done everything they can to avoid this. I know that. At the same time, I still feel betrayed that some of my peers are without work now and what do you do like it's very specialized our industry what do you do actually and that that's not entirely true a lot of people i know actually actually were there was probably about uh, a dozen or so people that i that i do know that were let go um, so maybe that's that is feeding into how horrible I'm feeling about this whole thing. Um, so I, so that was my comment, is I should be feeling grateful. Instead, I'm feeling terrible inside. Um, last night, um, I don't, I don't want to get into too much details about this, but um, my wife was having a difficult time with this, with not just this, with just so much uncertainty. Um, she was, and I was in the position where I felt like it was my job to be supportive and to be the voice of calm, to help help give her some peace of mind in this difficult time. But what do I grasp to? Where do I turn for that calm? This is what the book was talking about. And the book was talking about this, this grateful flow. And accepting a, a, I can't remember how, I think they call it the source, but basically some universal 
not to be mistaken with religious thought necessarily, but spiritual um, force that we can cling to. Um, I, I do think there's something there. I, If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I think spiritual enlightenment is an important thing, and I understand that a lot of people who don't understand it fear it. Um, in fact, my, my wife, this is part of my challenges, and my wife is a uh, very fervent atheist. And she has her reasons for that, and, and I love her, and that doesn't affect my feelings towards her, but she does not accept um, I, ideas that, that incorporate sort of a, a, a greater being or a greater force. Um, so in a sense, I kind of have to keep it to myself. Um, because of course the last thing I want to do is, is make her, push her away or make her feel, um, uncomfortable. Um, and she's been in relationships where it was a great source of discomfort because people, let's be real here. People are defensive about their convictions and about their beliefs and in a past relationship, it became conversations where she'd have either have to avoid it or tiptoe around certain things, uh, which is why I, I tend to like to keep things, generally speaking, lighthearted. Um, I don't mind laughing at myself. I know that some of the things I believe are difficult concepts for people to accept on face value. I, I understand that, so why not have some fun with it? Why not laugh at yourself once in a while? And that seems to have helped the situation, and it seems to have helped her to be able to be, well, to, to be kind of less bitter towards, um, towards uh, religious-minded people. Th this was her, this is the thing, when you're in that world of you know, I'm upset about these people who are, are religiously minded. You kind of tend to fall into those, um, those people who, they're, they're, they're master rhetoricians, people like Matt Del Hunty or whatever, who, even though if, if you take, take apart his, his, his beliefs, they're full of con uh, contradictions and, and hypocrisy left, right, and center. Much of it doesn't even make any sense. He talks about things he has clearly has no idea about. But, um, but when you're in that world, it's easy to be manipulated by people like him who know uh, the, the art of debate. He knows how to, uh, how to articulate a point that seems on the surface to make sense at first glance, even when you, until you, you know, break it apart. Um, and, and that's when he tends to, from what I've seen, I've only seen a couple of his debates, but at that point he, he tends to fall into this thing of, um, uh, kind of doing character attacks on people. I, I saw him do this, uh, with Dinesh D'Souza. He, uh, uh, when he, when his own argument was falling apart, for example, this is a, a, a sidebar, but um, he he 
for they talked about a lot of things. They talked about politics and um, so so Del Hunty made a made a comment or, or sorry Dinesh made a comment that you know if we if I were to identify as a frog, even though I'm clearly not a frog, um, what that how is it helpful for you to indulge that delusion? And Del, and obviously that was a veiled way of talking about transgenderism. And Del Hunty, you know, said, well, if I were to uh, to not address you as the species of your choice of of being a frog in this case then that's just me being a busybody. And yet, in the exact same conversation, he seemed to think that it was his place and he wasn't a busybody to, uh, um, you know, belittle people who, uh, who have religious beliefs, you know, um, that obviously can't be proved, proven in a, a tangible kind of way, which... There's lots of things like that, you know. Uh, prove you love your wife, you know. Pr prove y you have a conscious mind. There's lots of things beyond the realm of of what we can, uh, in reality, measure. Um, and and to, and his argument is that is okay when it comes to gender, but it's not okay when it comes to um, to to your religious convictions, which makes absolutely no sense. And I think he knew it. And when he caught, got caught in these kind of uh, tangled and um, messes, and much like when when D'Souza outmatched him in terms of his economic policies, Del Hunty seemed to Del Hunty has a very Marxist ideology. It seems where he thought the the workers, the people who made the Apple iPhone, should uh, get all the benefit of it. And again, if you were to look at the the actual evidence, uh, this Marxist philosophy does not work, uh, leads to tyranny, and uh, has, has resulted in tons of deaths. But again, in this case, it's, it's hypocrisy because he doesn't look at the history. He looks at his convictions, his ideology, which is exactly what he seems to have a problem with with other people. Um, and so when he got caught in that web, he, he kind of reverted to... Uh, character attacks on Del Hunty and, and uh, like, again, very cleverly worded ones where he'd say, well, this whole time you're accusing me of this and this and that. So he kind of turned it around. He made a character attack by saying that D'Souza was making a character attack type thing. Like, it's, again, very, like, sneaky kind of rhetoric. He's he's a sneaky guy, and that's and that's the point, and that's what's frustrating is, is my wife um, uh, enjoyed speakers like him, and because they they give they give that kind of um, sense of community, I guess, in, in, in the atheist community, although unfortunately it's based on bitterness and, and nastiness towards anyone who doesn't believe what you believe. But again, it's somewhat understandable when you've been in the, the position of having somebody trying to ram their convictions down your throat or making it uncomfortable for you to to question things, um, and it's it's funny because I'm almost guilty of that to an extent, where I don't tend to take things on surface, uh, on face value. I I question things, um, and and when I have sufficient evidence, then you know it's it's like okay maybe maybe that's the way it is, even though it didn't seem quite right to me at first, and I I think. Uh, I, I know that sometimes 
irritates uh, people around me. Uh, I know even even my wife, you know, uh, we were in a store the other day. We were wearing our masks and um, and, and, and this crazy old lady she was actually crazy she she had a shopping cart full of like stuffed animals and we were in a record shop it was it was weird um but she made some comment to us which was uh you know wearing masks is just a scam or something like that and and this obviously upset my wife Uh, it upset me too but although it took me a while to figure out why what my issue was because the thing is, I know, I know that there's a lot of people, I have a lot of friends who are not convinced by the whole mask thing. And it's hard to be convinced when the information you're getting told changes day to day. One day, it's, you know, the, the Surgeon General saying that you should wear masks, the next you shouldn't, or, you know, and there, there is a lot of fake news uh, out there. There's a lot of fake uh, false information and there's a lot of and some of it's not deliberately false some of it's just we're trying to figure this thing out um, my my feeling on the situation is well a mask isn't doing any harm uh, and so if it's uh, even if it's not doing any good it's not doing any harm and if it makes someone else feel better fine whatever I don't I don't mind wearing one and the first time the thing is the first time you wear one when you're not used to it it is weird so there's a, a little bit of a hurdle to get over as well especially you know with the with the unrest in the United States uh, it's, it's become kind of a political symbol so to the extent where some people like wear their friggin mask in their car just to show how much they hate Trump like as if that's useful to anything um, uh, but anyway, the, so anyway, w- what I figured out eventually in time was what what irritated me about uh, about this lady was the rudeness, because the the subtext of what she was saying was you're stupid to be wearing a mask, or you're a sheep, or whatever you want to say. You are you guys are stupid for wearing a mask. When the reality is, I'm wearing my mask for your benefit. I'm doing it because for the comfort level of other people and because who knows, maybe it'll stop some germs spreading. Um, maybe, maybe not. Probably it will stop certainly like even spittle coming out. Like again, how can it be a bad thing? Um, and, and so just the, the audacity and the, the rudeness to come up to someone and throw your convictions in someone else's face when it's not asked for. I didn't ask for your opinion. Just shut up. You clearly aren't wearing a mask, so it's pretty clear to me that what your opinion is. Uh, And I don't need it. I don't need the rudeness. That's what... That's what irritated me on that. Um, Although... But the thing is, because... My my point coming around this was um, that because I, as my wife and I were talking about it, and I, I said, the fact that she said, you know, oh, masks are a scam or whatever, uh, that didn't upset me. The fact that her facts were, um, by my wife's feelings, her facts were wrong. By my feelings, they were probably wrong, but... Um, I, I'm still not 100% certain, but that didn't even bother me. 
and and I think the fact that that didn't bother me kind of bothered my wife uh, because I was kind of giving her the benefit of the doubt because I know a lot of people are being led astray uh, on a on a daily basis like who again who knows what to believe sometimes so I understand people being confused people being upset people being riled up and so I, I tend to try to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and try to understand someone else's uh, viewpoint before judging it too harshly and so like I said I know that sometimes uh, gets me into trouble because people don't like when I do that people want other people to accept their beliefs without question that seems to be the way it is um, if you want to get into a fight really quick look at something someone posts on social media and call it into question because they post it they don't post it to have a debate they don't post it because you know they they they're unsure of it they think this is the way it is and they're posting it because they think they'll get a lot of people just patting them on the back and agreeing with them uh, because those people haven't uh, put any thought into it uh, that that that's the expectation so so when somebody uh, throws a wrench into this by you know trying to when it's not tactful when it when you're just you know saying oh that's a pretty stupid belief or blah 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 whatever when it's not tactful of course it's not appreciated but even when it is it's a good way to get a lot of people attacking you um it's it's a funny thing because sometimes i wonder I think of a story, I, I, I don't know why, but recently I was thinking of the story of uh, Daniel in the lion's den. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not super familiar with it, but why would you knowingly step into a, a lion's den? Um, there might be a time and place for that, but you'd want to be confident you're not going to get mauled because... Uh, because when you enter into the arena of challenging people's thoughts and beliefs, um, they hold to them tightly, and you're likely to get mauled. Like I like I said at the beginning, I didn't know where this thing was going. There's there's a lot going on in my brain right now, and I don't know how much of it is, is helpful, but I have a funny feeling a lot of it is relatable. Yeah, so I think I, I'll kind of, I think I'll bring this to a close. I think the overriding idea that I've been trying to work through in this is gratitude coupled with humility. It's a pretty powerful combination, but it's also extremely challenging to accept when you feel down, when you feel betrayed. I think our natural response when we're feeling betrayal is to want to lash out. not really the mature way to be I think that's that's part of my one of my 
goals here is, is trying to learn how to, I'm, I'm 40 years old, 41, I think. She's so old I can't even remember my age is how old I am. And I'm still trying to figure out how to be a mature adult. And the funny thing is, is that people my age and, and even older are so fucking immature. It's unreal. That's actually why I wrote the book, um, The Time Again There is, I mean, comedy is, is kind of an easy way to access, you know, um, access change, you know, uh, either, because either, either people get offended, uh, which they tend to do very quickly these days, either they get offended or they start to see the absurdity and the people who are able to see the absurdity usually aren't too far gone because they're not extreme or, or radicalized yet. Um, when you can't see the humor in, in your mode of being, I would say that's a pretty good sign that you've become radi radicalized. Um, when you're able to laugh at it and, uh, and see the humor in, in the more extreme uh, versions of, of, you know, your, your convictions, then you're, you're not, uh, you're not a lost cause at that point. Unfortunately, it's getting fewer and fewer and the divides between us are making that difficult to bridge that gap. But, uh, anyway, I'll, I'll just close out for now and, uh, hope life is good to you all.